Good morning, cricket fans, and welcome to the Catch It podcast. Oh, what a catch! I'm Andrew Lush, and I started this podcast to have some interesting and insightful conversations about analytics and the stats behind the action, and to develop myself as a presenter. I hope you enjoy our discussions and debates. That is an absolutely outstanding catch. On this episode of the Catch It Podcast, it's everything WPL, with the tournament really starting to heat up. I'm joined by Alice Dixon to discuss two opening batters for WPL franchises and for India. Here follows that conversation about two incredible opening batters. Right. Welcome back, Alice Dixon. By popular demand, so far the most popular listened to podcast on the Catch It podcast. How are you doing today? I'm all good. Thank you, Lushy. Thank you for having me back. Absolutely. I really enjoyed our last conversation. I've got back back into the country and I've just been gripped by terrible weather. It's snowing outside. Apparently it's snowing a lot more where you are at the moment. What what is this? I say, what is this entrance back into British life and get, cricket season's only a couple of months away? I was going to say pre-season starts like back end of this month, and we're oh. surrounded by snow. It's oh. not not the best start. Oh, it's 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 not great. I have to say it's it's double layers. I dropped into Old Trafford today, and even inside it was absolutely freezing. But one thing is hotting up at the moment is the WPL. It is start with about three. Three or four games in, in terms of per teams, we're about. I think we've we've got six six games done done and dusted, and it has been incredible to watch. Have you been able? Have you been watching every day, or kind of keeping up on scores when you can? Yeah, I've been I've been following along with some of the results. Um, not had quite the time to watch the games, but um, yeah, no, there's some there's some big performances that have been put in already and setting a precedent for the inaugural tournament. Absolutely. I think it's been it's been a pressure cooker kind of we've had the women's T twenty challenge for a couple of years and India was screaming out for a kind of a franchise based tournament. Five teams now kind of their tournament is just set in Mumbai at them for this stage. I think would you say as the tournament dro- grows and kind of progresses, do you reckon more teams are gonna come to it? Or do you reckon it's just gonna expand around India in terms of home and away fixtures? I think you'd like to see it grow to the same extent that the men's side of it has. Mm. I think that obviously is extremely popular in its own right and it'd be nice to see the women's side. Obviously, it's a good start, but you'd like to see the women's side kind of mirror that. Mm. No, 100%. And for that, for that reason, we have a game changer and a young gun. Now, we've gone for two batters and... In terms of when I when I was messaging you, I got some pretty. <laughs> I was I was not surprised by the names that you you fired back at me. They, we've got, we've got some big time names here, both on our game changer and our young gun, and we're going to start straight off with our game changer. Now we've gone for two Indian players. Who is our game changer for this WPL episode, Alice? Well, I'm gonna form a bit of a pattern and follow suit with. Uh... The theme that I went for in my previous episode, <laughs> classy opening left-handed bat, Smriti Mandana. I don't think you can list off game changers in Indian cricket without her name coming up. No, a hundred percent. She had a pretty decent World Cup, bring her team all the way till 
the semi-finals when they kind of would lost out to Australia. It seems like a bit of a pattern for them, India losing in, in big games to Australia. But I think that would just come, but she's kind of entered this tournament, massive marquee player in terms of she reached 3.4 crore, the top sell of the auction. Were you able to watch the bidding war that ensued? I didn't see it live, but I was following along on social media with all of the uh, the results coming through. And I have to say, I was impressed with uh, some of the big marquee signings. I think, well, you would have had to come up against, as I would have, um, Smithy Mandana in terms of when she played for the Southern Brave in the 100. What was the kind of thinking or what was the, the chatting with players in terms of how about we're going to go about her in terms of how can we nullify her at the top of the order with that Southern Brave team? I think there's some players that unless you know, there's, unless you've got that insider knowledge of how maybe there's a bit of a secret way to get them out, mm. um, just trying to contain and restrict is probably a better option. Mm-hmm. There's some players that are so destructive and like can really take a game away from you that maybe a better option is to just go on the defensive and hope for the best. Try to get some strike rotation, try attack at the other end. And she's been she's been that player. She's 26, but she is she was described as a household name by the auctioneer, and she kind of exploded the um, bidding between Mumbai and Bangalore. Were you surprised that her kind of price range got to that high in terms of that Bangalore were willing to spend 3.4 crore, uh, 3.4 crore of their budget on her, or is it just the to get that marquee Indian player? You're just going to have to pay that price. I don't know, she's one of those that, like, what springs to mind when her name comes up is experience and, like, class. And she's one of those players that I forget how young she still is. Like, 26 is not that old. Not that old for an international international player in terms of we have players kind of... The, t- the team that are around her in terms of you've got Dame Van Nieke, you've got Heather Knight all in their 30s. And you have Sophie Devine, all players playing at the top of their game, still into their 30s. And then you have Smithy Mandana, who's talked about in the same conversation as these greats. And she's only 26. So there's still that time to develop, you'd say. Yeah, a bit of like a legacy signing almost. Like, not to make the comparison, but like Virat Kohli for the men's side for Bangalore. Mm. Like, he's played for them for years and he's been able to grow into that team and like set some incredible records for them so if she can do the same in the women's side then um i understand the price tag and the uh the thinking behind behind that signing it's it's not been all plain sailing in bangalore for the first first three games as time of recording they've just finished their their third game versus gujarat and it is another loss so after the first three games she's averaging 25 with a strike rate of 140 and a boundary percentage of 28 so some pretty great um numbers there in terms of t20 wise but only with a high score of 35 do you think in terms of the price tag will be weighing a bit on her head she's also one of the only um indian captains the other slots being mainly taken up by um australians as well as obviously hum precor captaining the mumbai indians yeah i think it's always going to weigh on your mind, isn't it? I remember the the England girls giving interviews because they were playing a game the same day of the draft, and um, yeah, it it's obviously going to be there for her, like in the back of her mind. But 
I think she's one of those players that you say her stats speak for themselves, like with the boundary percentage and the strike rate that she goes at. I think she's one of those players that you know she's going to come good or you're going to hope that she's going to come good later in the tournament, hopefully. No, absolutely. And it also, if you think, look, as we've talked about that kind of the youth sort, youthful side of her, she's only 26. That's keeping, that's RCB not having to spend 3.4 crore on her next year. And I think a massive thing in the IPL and the WPL will be making signings that potentially can pay off for you in the long run. Would you say in terms of looking at that general squad, do you think she has players to kind of build around that in terms of, do you think potentially they've, they've gone a bit too heavy on her or her runs that she should definitely come good in the end back end of that tournament? I think the opening partnership with Divine will be key for them. Um, I think the way the two of them would work together, like Mandana kind of steady in the ship a bit and she's always guaranteed to get some runs. Maybe, maybe she might not, you know, get to the heights of a, a T20 ton just yet. But yeah, I think with how destructive Divine is, the two of them could work quite well together for for RCB going forward. In terms, it must be quite interesting to have that experience of captaining as well as going as the top kind of marquee signing. And the fact that she's such a classy player and will be a mainstay in that Indian team for the, for the next couple of years. Do you think that because she, with this WPL experience in the next couple of years, that will really boost her, her experience as an Indian player? You'd like to think so. And like, she's one of those players that's got experience playing in franchises around the world as well. Like we've previously mentioned with Southern Brave and a bit of a stint in the WBBL. Um, it's one of those things that like more experience in different environments obviously that's home soil for her mm. um, it will bolster her game and to hopefully take it into the international stage as well that, el- that elusive T20 World Cup or or an ICC World Cup that India still kind of seems seem to be kind of grasping at they, they get to the quarterfinals they get to the finals like in the Commonwealth as we've mentioned but they don't seem to push it over the line do you reckon the WPL will change that in terms of developing? We, we all know how the Australia have that underlier of players that can come in and fill roles if injuries are around or if needing to play certain roles. Do you think the WPL will create that for India? I think so, yeah. I think it'd be disappointing if it doesn't because mm. it's the whole, like you say, with the comparison to Australia, Like that's the really exciting prospect of this competition is that Hopefully it will help identify some of that talent that mm. India has and it will really help bolster that um, performance on the international stage because you know they've got those big talents there. But mm. even if you've got the likes of Mandana hitting loads of runs, like she can't go and win you the tournament on her own. So, yeah, it, it would be good to see the the talent that this competition kind of unearths really at a domestic level. No, absolutely. And it, and it gives them a stage as well. I think watching, well, watching and being involved in the 100 the last two years, there have always been those kind of young domestic players who have kind of stood up in the big moments. It's really exciting to see where the where the Indian players will be. And also, do you think in terms of like the 100 has done, just having a more visible and more kind of more eyeballs on an Indian domestic tournament will really bolster their domestic cricket and more more women playing cricket in India. Yeah, definitely. I think 
there's been a lot of conversation back and forth with like the players and the BCCI trying to like almost have to prove a point or persuade them to give them this opportunity. And I feel like now that it's there and we've got the WPL and it's going to really highlight the talent that they've got as a nation and yeah, really bring, bring the game forward for, like you say, women and girls all over the country. No, absolutely. And I, I think in terms of, and Smitty Mandana will be absolutely at the front of that. She's only, as we've said again, she's only 26 and she's going to be at the front of that Bangalore team and the front of that Indian team for years to come. It's frustrating to play, to work against her in terms of as an analyst, because as you said earlier, she can hit it all over the place and she's very powerful and aggressive with her shots. Yeah, she's very good at protecting her wicket as well. I was doing a bit of reading um, before we recorded this and I think she's something like fifth for fewest ducks ever in any format um, of women's cricket. She's like fifth on the list for fewest ducks in her career. Um, so she's always going to get herself in in some way or another and then if she kicks on, I think as an opposition, you've got no chance. And then in terms of, well, we'll, we'll skip on straight onto our young gun at the other end of the, of the opening spectrum. Well, who is, who is our young gun who potentially is at the other end when Smitty Mandana is kind of doing a stylish left-hand batting for India? Yeah, um, I've gone first to Farley Verma. I have to say the young gun was the trickier one to pick because mm. um, I wanted to try and, I know, do a, bit, do a bit more digging. But I think she's one of those names that has been in the spotlight recently and I think deservedly so for, for the potential that she's got as a player. Just such an aggressive player in terms of... I think she overall can be a bit more aggressive than Smitty Mandana on occasions. But in terms of you have Mandana that has that potentially that calm, collective head at one end. And then you have Shafali Verma, who just has incredible power. I remember watching her battle with Catherine Siverbrunt in the India England series a couple of years ago. And she's just so much fight and kind of determination to try be aggressive in that T20 series. And then she pulled that into playing in for the Birmingham Phoenix and the 100. And when she gets in and when she can kind of get roots and play those aggressive kind of baseball style shots down the ground, she can really, really kind of take away in innings. Have you been impressed by her first couple of innings in the WPL? Yeah, definitely. I think that um, you can't exactly ignore that record opening stand with Meg Lannan. Mm. And I think like as a young gun as well, like, for a player of her level, being able to spend that much time at the crease with one of the greats of the game in Meg Lanning, I think the experience that she'll gain from that moving forward will be completely invaluable. And then for her to carry her bat at the same time and score a hefty amount of runs definitely puts herself in good stead. Rocketing an incredible 87 runs. And as you say, not out at the end of that spell. Delhi went in for her. For, uh, so Delhi bought her in the auction for two crore. And I think that is just a brilliant price tag for her because obviously it's a significant investment, but also Delhi seemed to have really done well in this auction with matching in terms of experience and kind of talent with exciting younger players. On the younger side, we have from England, Alice Capsey. On the experience side, you have, as we've said, Meg Ladding, Marazan Cap on the kind of slightly exciting and up and coming players. A player from my neck of the woods, Tara Norris, taking a Pfeiffer in the first game. So I think they've really balanced their squad really quite well. And do you think Shafali Verma, as we've talked about, kind of 
marquee signings going on, she'll be on the top of their list retention-wise if these two games are to show for it. You'd like to think so, but at the mm. same time, if she's because she's so young mm. and she puts in these performances for herself, I think she's one of those that will be on the high on the target list for mm. opposition to try and poach her. Because even though she's got a big price tag, mm. there's always room to go higher, as we've seen with um, Mandana's price tag. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they manage to keep hold of a talent like hers or if she gets poached by a different team. No, 100%. I think Delhi Telly will be absolutely crying to hear that. If if two get two games in, she's averaging she's averaging 50 50 and she's got a strike rate of 171 with a boundary percentage of 27. Just absolutely rocketing in the first couple of game, games. That being said, she's got a clash between Mumbai Indians and the and the Capitals tomorrow to play. Who do you think will come out on top of that between her verse, her kind of exciting, explosive power and the kind of wisdom of Meg Lanning versus Harman Precourt and another opener who's really in hot form, Hayley Matthews? Well, we've already mentioned um, Verma's previous battles on the pitch with uh, England International in Catherine Silverbrunt, but I think that game tomorrow, I'll have my eye on the matchup between her and uh, Izzy Wong. Because I feel like Wongi can bring that grit and that um that kind of energy to to a game in the same way that Catherine Silverbrunt can, and obviously that was hotly talked about a couple of years ago, like you say. So we might see a bit of a bit of a repeat contest um for that game, and obviously being a a Birmingham Phoenix girl myself, I back Wongi to uh, come out on top. But let's let's not skip over. The incredible one ball, one ball innings from Izzy Wong. Talk us, talk us through it. Were you able to watch the the other the other day? I saw the clip. I saw the clip do the rounds. I saw the <laughs> clip do the rounds on social media. Um, it's to me that like perfectly sums up her personality mm. as a player. Like walk in, head strong, shoulders back, thinking, "Here I am." I can express myself, throw mm. my hands at it and hope for the best. And she's just got that talent as like a bowling all-rounder that she'll do some damage at the back end of the order. And mm. as an opposition, you've just got to try and limit that the best you can. Absolutely. So that's a key, a key matchup then. So Verma versus Verma versus Wong. That'll be an interesting, interesting one to watch. Just to kind of move away from a WPL and back to that. T20 World Cup. She did look to struggle in that T20 World Cup. She averaged 20, so fairly solid, but she only had a strike rate of 108 and a boundary percentage of 15. So a bit of a bit of a blip on the Shafali Verma record then, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I think it's quite unlike the kind of style of play that she goes after because even if you're thinking that she's not going to come out with a massive amount of runs, you'd still expect her to go about it in a way that for the time that she is in, she's still scoring boundaries and she's still going at a high strike rate. So it's interesting, be interesting to know what was going through her mind and what kind of um, what kind of state she was in at that point. And I guess for a young player going into a big tournament like that, mm. um, I guess that's kind of where experience shows a little bit. Mm. Do you reckon? Do you reckon it could have been a bit of 
a bit of too much cricket played. I know we don't, we don't, we never want to say at the moment in women's cricket we want to see as them playing as much as possible and at high quality. But she's coming off the back of under nineteen World Cup where she's kind of really put herself in that captaining role as well as she bowled in that tournament as well, which I have to say bad from me, but I didn't know she actually bowled. Do you think that's just a bit of bit of fatigue going into that tournament? And now that potentially she's had a little break between the World Cup and the WPL, albeit a very short one. It was a long tour for her out in South Africa. Do you reckon being back home will be that comforting backup to what was a long long stint in South Africa? I think so, yeah. And I think there's a lot of things that kind of are at play um, when it comes to cricket as form, I guess. And um, for one as well, the, the difference in standard between the under-19s World Cup and then the seniors World Cup, that might have been something that kind of contributed to that. Mm. And like you say, getting a break, which with the ever-growing women's cricket calendar season on season, it's just getting bigger and bigger. So mm. getting a break in um, definitely can't have done any damage for her. Mm. No, 100%. And be back in back in familiar circumstances, whereas obviously the, the tournament is in Mumbai versus Delhi, but just being back in back in India, her home country, with favourable crowds potentially, might be that kind of being back in that Delhi shirt has just kind of given her that boost to play for a, a domestic tournament that's been in the making for a while. And she just feels like now this is her time to turn up and be a real marquee Indian player in a domestic tournament. Yeah, you'd like to hope that uh, all the things you just mentioned lend into her carrying this form throughout the competition. I think mm. we always talk about, like, as a squad going into these franchises, you want to peak at the right time. Mm. And teams that might fire off from the start might not be able to maintain that. So I hope for, for Delhi and her stake that they can maintain the um, the level that they've started at. There's still a lot of cricket to be played. And I think, Arcee, if we just circle back to Smithy Mandana, there's still a lot of cricket to be played. And even though they've lost three from three, the IPL is a funny, funny demon in terms of when you're watching the IPL being played. And I'm sure the WPL will be just as, just as interesting. Teams falling down on their luck, teams coming back up into the tournament. So... It'll be an in- interesting month. But yeah, thank you very much for coming coming on the podcast. And it's been, been an absolute pleasure to talk WPL with you, Alice. Uh, it's been a pleasure, Lushy. Thank you very much for having me. Well, as I said, there's a lot more cricket to be played and a lot more time for Smithy Mandana and Shefali Verma to show how good they are in this WPL. That's all from the Catch Up Podcast. We'll see you again soon.